Welcome into the newest episode of the Foxtel Film Review Podcast. Hope you're having an awesome day so far. Today we are talking Blaze, the newest movie directed by Ethan Hawke about Blaze Foley. He's a little-known country music singer-songwriter whose life was cut tragically short, but who even still led quite a spectacular life. Today we've got Sybil Rosen on the show, who was not only co-screenwriter with Ethan Hawke, she is the author of the memoir, Living in the Woods in a Tree, Remembering Blaze Foley. Sybil offers the rare viewpoint of being intimately involved with the man born Michael Fuller, describing their life together, sharing a treehouse in the Georgia woods during the counterculture movement of the mid-70s. She's almost as much a part of this story as Blaze Foley is, and was kind enough to sit with me for a few minutes to recount some of her experiences in the process of making this beautiful film. Stick around after my interview with Sybil Rosen for our review of Blaze, which will be available on video on demand on January 22nd, 2019. We start off with the moment that Sybil realized that she was going to have to write this memoir. You know, I was contacted by uh, Kevin Triplett, who uh, did the Blaze Foley documentary, uh, Duct Tape Messiah. And he, wanted, he had heard about me and my relationship to Blaze, and so he, he asked to to interview me. And I went back to Georgia to be interviewed. That was where the treehouse was, in Georgia. And I, as, as I began to uh, think about the past, I realized that I had to, I really had to go and find out what had happened. What had happened to Blaze, what had happened to us. Why had his life ended the way that it did? It, it just all came sort of crashing down on me. So I, um, I set out to tell the story. And I think that I was hoping in the writing of the story that I would heal myself and maybe heal Blaze if I was lucky. And um, so uh, that was really what catapulted me into the writing of the story and just to kind of reclaim the past and and recall those memories and kind of stitch his memory back into me because I had sort of disconnected from it and I wanted to I wanted to be connected to it again. So the process of uh, I guess the process of research for the memoir because uh, a good bit of it you aren't present for at least in the movie I'm not sure and let me know if there's a difference between the movie and the uh, you're not in it for a lot of the story, so what was the research like in finding out information about when you weren't there? That's a really good question. Um, I, it, it had a lot to do with, well, first of all, when I went back to Georgia, I was also reclaiming the memories that I was in that I didn't really remember, you know, and I was just stealing people's stories right and left because they were giving me back my own life. But when I went to Texas, that was really to, to, to find out, to try to understand who Blaze had become. And there were so many people in Texas that loved him and a number of people that didn't love him. And so I got all these different aspects of his, you know, his character and his life and, and what, his, um, what the trajectory of his life had been after me. And um, it was pretty heartbreaking, actually. To, to really have to come to terms with um, some of the suffering that he endured in the last decade of his life. How did you get involved in the production of, uh, of the film? Why don't you just talk a little bit about how you started to realize that there was going to be a film production? Uh, well, 
what happened was, um, so about two years ago, I mean, that's how short a time it's been. It's fast. It's really fast. I got this um, email from Lewis Black, who is the editor of the Austin Chronicle and a, and a big champion of the memoir. And he said to me, um, Ethan Hawke is interested in your memoir. You know, can I, can I give him your email? And I, I think I wrote back something like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, really? So Ethan called me. Yeah. And um, from that very first conversation, I, I understood that this was going to happen and that it was going to happen in a way that was true. And um, uh, that Ethan loved the music and he, um, he loved the story. And, and really what happened was, I sort of told this, um, so what happened was Ethan wanted to um, make a movie about Blaze. He had um, he'd always loved the music, but he didn't know what the story would be. And then when he went to Austin for South by Southwest two years ago, uh, Lewis Black said to him, well, have you read Blaze's wife's book? And Ethan said, Blaze had a wife? And, um, and, and Lewis said, well, kind of. And so he read, the, he read the memoir. And when he read the memoir, then he was like, oh, it's a love story. You know, everybody loves a love story. So um, he, you know, and that's when Lewis contacted me and then, and then Ethan called me and um, said he wanted to make a movie about Blaze and would I help him. What was the, uh, the process of y'all? working together like were y'all like in the same room working on the script were you like emailing drafts to one another well i had some material that i had begun um in an attempt to um translate the memoir to the screen so he took that up and he had a lot of very specific ideas about the structure of the film and um wanting to include towns, Van Zandt, in the story. So that was not, I, that was going to be one of my questions, if that was in the memoir. I didn't think it would be. There is, there is some writing about towns, but I never met towns. And okay. by the time I came along to look for Blaze, towns was gone. So I really tried to, in the memoir, not to tell any part of the story that I didn't actually participate in or that I wasn't learning about through other people. And so I didn't really have access to Towns' family or, you know, so I, 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 didn't, I didn't go into that uh, friendship, which I, I really think was a really important friendship for Blaze, and I've learned more, you know, since. Um, but, um, um, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> oh, the original one you were talking about, the process, the writing process. So, um, you know, this script got put together in about two months. No, oh, wow. Because the story is so, the structure is so complex, that's a little I surprising. I know. Well, you know, when I first um, met Ethan, uh, soon after we talked on the phone, he said, well, we'll probably make this movie in like 2018. I was like, oh, good, because my head is starting to spin and I need some time to kind of, you know, understand what's going on. So then, so that was June, and in August, the end of August, he called me and he said, no, I think we're going to make the movie now. And um, I was like, okay. And literally, I got vertigo. I, for about two months, I was so dizzy because it was just happening so fast, and it felt so big, and it was so new. It was such a new experience for me. So 
once he said we're gonna we're going into pre-production, we had to have a script. Right. So he he took my material and and wove it into the structure that he had in mind and the radio interview with Towns and um, that last night of Blaze, Blaze's last night. That was kind of the spine of the story. So he would he would put that all together and then he would send it to me and I would send him back notes and it went back and forth like that. But he, you know, he, um, he was the captain and so I was um, participating in that way. Um, but he was really shaping the movie. He really gave it its structure and, um, and the way in which the story unfolded. But I think that um, the thing that was, that my contribution was that I knew the man. And Ethan really had a great understanding for the legend. And I think that Blaze's story uh, gave him an opportunity to explore some of his own um, questions about fame and success and what's important and you know. I love that it's a story about someone who I hadn't heard about, uh, someone that I don't know if most people that, gen that internationally will have heard about, but uh, the movie treats him like a celebrity and that's, <laughs> that's great. Well, and you know, Blaze is probably better known in Europe and Asia than he is in this country. Yeah, because they love our country music our roots music. And it's an interesting type of country music. His style is not what you'd hear on the radio, not what you'd hear on like national radio for country music. You know, Blaze, I mean, he grew up singing gospel. And there was a period in his life, in his young life, when he was sort of traveling around. He was going to Nashville and Memphis and uh, Austin and New Orleans. And he was absorbing all this music. and. Um, and I don't know if you know his album, The Dog Years. You know that album? That's like about, those are the, the early songs, many of the songs that he wrote in the, in the treehouse. And it was reviewed by a, a music writer named Tom, Tom Jurek. Okay. Yeah. And he said that Blaze Foley was Americana before the genre existed. So he was, you know, he, he just experimented. He took in all these different uh, blues and, and um, punk and rock and roll, and he incorporated them into his into his songwriting. And I don't even I don't even think it was deliberate. I think it was just because it was so in him that that's the way it came out. I think the the music because sometimes actors and I know they got Ben Dickey's a, an actual singer. That was probably the most impressive, one of the most impressive things to me was the way that the music was so authentic. You could tell the actors were really singing and they did it wonderfully. How authentic, well, how authentic is the music? Because you heard those songs in the woods when he was singing them to you and how did they do? They did fantastically. I think Ben, um, you know, Ben really found Blaze in his voice he was able to, to uh, you know, when Ben sings, Ben has a very sort of light voice, but he was able to really go into those deep notes, and um, he, uh, I, I was just so moved by um, the authenticity of the singing. And, and Ethan was very clear about that he wanted to uh, cast musicians 
as musicians. I, that made me so happy that they did that because it makes it adds a whole other layer to the movie. Yeah, absolutely. And the way that even that the way that they you know relate to their instruments and it's all very innate, you know. So that I think um, is such a beautiful part of the movie is showing that artistic life and what it means to live that life. Well, to shift gears a little bit to the film festival, this film festival, how, how has it been? How has your experience been so far? It's been amazing. I, I um, First of all, coming back to Louisiana, where we shot the movie, uh, has been so uh, satisfying. And to see everyone, to see the crew and all the extras and the people that were in the movie, it's, you know, that you have that feeling of, of family with people you have an experience like that with. And um, so that's been wonderful. And then people's responses to the movie. Uh, you know, after the, uh, the screening on Friday night, I was, I was standing outside the theater as the movie was letting out. And the first person burst out of the door sobbing. It was a young woman. She was crying. She came right over to me. And she said, that was so sad. It was so beautiful. I can't believe you lived that. And then she like drifted off into the bathroom. But it was so touching to me that somebody could, you know, that people are so moved by the movie. That just, and by the story, and by Blaze's music, it's really wonderful to have that experience here. Thank you for being involved with this movie. I think it's probably going to be up there with some of the greatest musician biopics that there is. It's got a soul in it. Your mouth to God's ears. That would be just great. <laughs> Go ahead. Blaze. Okay, so Blaze. It's about Blaze Foley, country singer, never really made it that big. Ethan Hawke said in a few interviews that his motivation was to make a biopic about a musician, but about someone who was not that famous because he didn't want to have kind of like the Bohemian Rhapsody thing. Everyone's going to see the Bohemian Rhapsody, the Queen movie. This is just the movie Blaze. about Blaze, a musician. He started out, um, he was in the forest with um, Sybil, Sybil Rosen, uh, and just kind of started making music and never really reached great heights, but he made connections along the way, and it's kind of told from the perspective of two men that knew him hmm. to a radio host. What which did is you Ethan Hawke. Yes, which is Ethan Hawke, who does a good job. Yeah. I thought he did a pretty good job of never, like, if you, you know it's Ethan Hawke, if you know Ethan Hawke, you'd be like, oh, that's Ethan Hawke. But it's not kind of like just front center, I'm the director. Yeah, it's not like Tell me about a plays. cameo where he would be yeah. like, look, this is me. No, he does He's a really subtle Ethan job. Hawk on the screen. Yeah. But I thought it was a really kind of, I thought it was a great and pretty movie and a good storytelling of his life. But I thought it was really sad. Like his life story was. Country music is really sad. Okay, yeah. It was good not in a bad way. Music. Not in a bad he way. He had yeah. good country music, but like, like his life, what, everything that he was going through was kind of bumming. Like even where he ended up, I mean, he seemed happy. And Why do you think his music was so good? I mean, yeah, because of that. But and that was his I whole thing. That was I liked Blaise the movie like, so much because of that. It was like. He like really, cut ties because it was hurting whatever yeah. he was trying to create. Yeah. And. That whole, his whole relationship with, what's her name? Sybil. With Sybil was... I did love the, the all of the stuff. In the sounds, woods? It sounds like a corny indie movie, you know, two people going to live in the woods, but that felt... That really happened, and they actually like did it. people were really trying to make it in the woods. Yeah, and I thought it was so beautiful what they were doing Making and how it they... in the woods. I know what you Thank mean. You. I feel like on a podcast that'll sound different. Yeah. I thought it was really beautiful what they were trying to do, and they think I think they accomplished what they wanted, but... They just 
their story of how it ended or what they came to was just really bumming and depressing. And I feel like it, it did a good job of getting across that all he wanted to do was make music. Right. And it wasn't in a cheesy way of screw everyone, screw the world, I'm going to live in the woods. No, and he screw just being in did the woods, it. I'm leaving all. It was just like, I just need to play music. And it was nice to see... In the end, he couldn't even be with the woman he loved. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice to see... And it it's kind of reassuring. Like, it, this story is very sad. It ends on a really sad note. But that is almost <laughs> a note, little bit... country uh, yeah. music. As a, all, it's a little bit reassuring because if this were to be about someone who was famous, then it would be like, okay, he gave everything up. But he ended up being a famous musician. So it was all worth it in the end. I mean, like this person gave everything up to do this, what he loved. And in the end, it didn't get him the status that would probably make everyone think. I mean, he's got a movie that's made about him now. Yeah, but, but there was uh, he wanted more. Pure sounds like a stupid word to use, but it just seemed like he had the purest intentions. And it got that across. It didn't feel cheesy at all. No, it felt really honest. I think I think also, I was really impressed that Ethan Hawke did it and how he did it. Yeah. It, it, and I don't think it's, I don't know what distribution deal it has. I don't even I know no if idea. it has a distribution deal yet. So it's really still just doing the festival rounds. And I was actually also impressed. Like I don't, I only knew Sybil as who, the actress and Ethan Hawke, obviously, but everyone else who was in it was kind of, uh, almost local. Yeah. Well, and I had Richard were... Linklater in it for a second. Oh, okay. That's right. Who was the other actor that was in there? Oh man. But well, there weren't many big ones and like, the ones who carried it, yeah, like the guy the who guys. played ba- Blaze, was really good. Yeah, I think that's and the only he is. thing he's, he's done. He's a local person, yeah. By the way, we live in Louisiana, so local. That's, that's local. What that means. Um, and I really liked how all of the singing you could tell was being done mm-hmm. by the actors. Yeah. That mm-hmm. None of that was, they weren't lip syncing any of that. No, the actor really definitely had a feel for Blaze's style. That's yeah, we even the- listened to him afterwards, after the movie, he was playing a little concert. And he's great. He's a great musician, and he's a great singer. Blaze really hated it when people weren't listening to his music at a bar. And that was a good scene. To the point where he just he start yelling at people like, "Would you shut up, please? I'm mm-hmm. pouring my heart out for you." And uh, I I can never, I can always I always think about that now when I go see live music. It's like, and you look at them and you're like, these people are <laughs> performing their, their you know butts their, off. Their butts off for you. Their butts. And like this is really scary for them too. Like and, it's terrifying. You know, and I and I, the least you could do is listen if you're there. However, in his scenario is different because if you're at a sports bar that late at night. That was a dive bar. Yeah. If you're a at a dive bar. That was the most interesting thing that was happening at that dive bar though. Yeah. And people should realize that. I guess know? so. Yeah. You're right. It really bugs me that at the register they have register. the band playing and then they have two TVs playing. Like you have something brand new here, something that you're never going to hear ever again. And you're trying to distract me with two televisions. Pardon the interruption. The sports show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that comes on. And like, I will not pardon you. <laughs> uh-huh. You shall not pass. Yeah. It's a pretty good band last night at the register, but uh, they got really sappy. I feel like as soon as people start listening... Then the band picks up on it, and then they start playing songs that everyone just wants to hear, which is mm. usually like, you know, Brown Eyed Girl. Nope. No, I don't yeah. want to hear that. Don't want to hear that again. Piano Man. They play Voodoo Child, and it was really Hotel good. California. They couldn't sing it, but... Uh, I've, that was another thing that I always forget. I've seen The Big Lebowski so many times, mm-hmm. but whenever the Jesus shows up, 
and it, they're playing the song, and you you recognize the tune a little bit. But then he like throws his hand in the air, and in Spanish it goes at the Hotel California. <laughs> you never realize that Hotel California is playing until Jesus sticks his hand up in the air. Well, yeah. Oh, if you get the chance to see Blaze, I think, especially if you're from, I would say you're probably gonna have to seek it out, and yeah. I think it would really be worth it. And it does look very, it looks really beautiful. That's a good movie. Watch. It. Yeah, watch it. Once again, thank you everyone for listening to the Foxtail Film Movie Podcast, and we will see you in a few days for our newest episode.